everybody around the world. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're Zooming in from. My name is Doug Brunke. I'm the founder and CEO of Global Chamber, and we're really pleased today to talk about one of our favorite members, globalization partners, but more importantly, getting a, a bird's eye view of the world at a very unique time in history from one of their chief leaders, Diana Albano. She's the uh, chief revenue officer at Globalization Partners. And so she every day works with companies that are growing around the world, that are expanding, that are retracting and restructuring, you know, this year, you know, certainly some of those as well. Um, and the, the good news about that is, you know, she deals with the global tribe every day, companies that are uh, approaching world markets. And those of you that are part of Global Chamber all know that, you know, those are our peeps. Those are our folks that are involved with growing business. And so what we thought we would do today with Diane is to get a sense from her of kind of where we are, what's the snapshot of the world today, and, and hopefully get some previews of 2021. And in particular, one of her expertise is, you know, how do you how do you grow? How do you grow your team? How do you develop better team performance? How do you improve your own leadership across your organization as you grow? You know, that's one of the characteristics of the companies that work with globalization partners is they're expanding into five, 10, 20, 30 countries. And so that is not simple, as we all know. And so uh, Diane is lucky enough uh, like we are every day to deal with companies that are living the dream, living that global dream. And this year uh, has been a little bit more of a nightmare than a dream for, for many people. And, and so what does 2021 hold? Uh, I'll bet Diane knows a lot about that. So Diane, thank you so much for joining us today. We look uh, forward to, to speaking with you and learning from you. Why, thank you, Doug. Um, appreciate that that uh, introduction. And I'm really happy to be here as well um, with one of our great partners. So thank you. And thank you for asking me in particular. Um, yes, this year has been unprecedented, of course, for every single person in the world, um, no doubt about it. And I think that um, it really has changed the landscape in so many ways. Um, one of the things, just to briefly talk about it, it was, it was pleasantly surprising to me how quickly our teams adapted. I mean, who would have thought that the way that we conduct business, and I'm talking we being the collective we across the world, would have changed so dramatically this year. And yet, at the same time, you know, so many things were positive um, just from a globalization partner's standpoint is we found that our, our engagement from an employee standpoint went up dramatically during this quarantine time. Um, we entered markets, uh, even though as we entered into the year, we said, okay, we're gonna move into Europe, we're gonna move into Asia. You would have thought maybe during this pandemic that we would have held back on that and not done it, but yet we did. We, we, you know, jumped right in and continued on course. And then we had anticipated hiring probably around 100 people in, in 2020. And in fact, we've hired now well over 165. So more than doubled our company in this same time period in this year. So it really has been quite surprising 
the things that have actually transformed us over the course of this year. So I'm, I'm excited to talk about anything you want to talk about, Doug, and throw some questions at me. Oh, that, that sounds great. I think I hadn't thought about doing this, but it, it occurs to me that it's probably a good idea just to let people know who Globalization Partners is. Let's just a, a quick preview so that they kind of get a sense of who your world is. T tell us a little bit about the, the, the company and who you work with and how you help. Sure. So our company was formed nine years ago by our now founder and CEO, Nicole Sahin. Nicole had this idea that she would set up a company that would have entities or subsidiaries scattered across the world in lots and lots of countries so that companies across the globe could grow into these countries without having to set up a subsidiary or entity. So we basically take a process that could take companies anywhere from six months to a year and a half to set up a subsidiary and hire someone in country to making it something that can be done in a matter of hours or days. And so once the candidate is found, companies bring them to us, we hire them for them, they're then assigned 100%. So for this year in particular, it's been a wonderful solution for so many companies that are looking to expand globally and looking to expand globally quickly. Because again, speed is of the essence a lot of times in capturing market share, whatever the goals are of the company that a particular company has for their goals for that year or in the future. So it's, it's mainly on that side to help them accelerate the speed to market. Yes, yes. I mean, that's what we've seen with most of our companies now. I'll go into maybe as we get into the conversation, some of the other things that have happened because of COVID and it's really changed that landscape and in fact enhanced the services and, and solutions that we have, why companies have been able to come to us and it has served other purposes because of COVID. Have you also found that you've had to work with some companies, that doesn't sound quite right, but but and you, you have been working with some companies that have been in the restructuring mode as well, and maybe kind of restructuring to grow kind of mode. Well, yes, um, certainly we do see that. There could be um, any number of things that have gone on. They either want to go into another company, uh, sorry, country that is a lower cost jurisdiction. So that's helping them in an interesting way from a financial standpoint. They want to shed themselves of particular divisions. So we're able to help them with that in an interim basis from an M&A standpoint. I mean, there's just a lot of different use cases of where and why companies would turn to us for this type of solution. On a, on a macro scale, then you've you've been in the industry for quite a number of years yourself. Uh, how would you characterize 2021 kind of more holistically in terms of the changes that you've seen? And then thinking about 2021, I think I might have said 2021 just a second ago, but in terms of 2020, kind of where things are. But then looking forward, where is this going? Where is this ship headed um, <laughs> on a more holistic standpoint? There's all sorts of factors, the work from home, the, 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 all the different local issues around pen, uh, the pandemic and getting together or not getting together, 
the market shifts, product shifts, service shifts, you know, oh my God. So wh where, are we, where are we going with this? So what have you seen? And then wh what do you think is going to happen next? That is a very big question. So I'll try to break it apart. So in 2020, it's interesting, like if you look at our company, what happened? So we were sailing through January, February, we're having sales kickoffs, we're having services kickoffs, we're making all of our plans and putting all the numbers together for what we expected for the year. <clears throat> and all of a sudden, right in the middle of March, everything shuts down. And all of a sudden overnight, everyone is working from their home, they're no longer going into an office and everyone, let's face it, there was a lot of fear. It's it immediately, everyone had fear. Everyone sort of stopped in their tracks and said, what am I doing? And we did see that behavior in different places. We saw it certainly in our own company, people just saying, oh my gosh, what are we gonna do? Are we gonna still continue in the same vein? Are we still gonna be successful? What's gonna happen? And then from our customers, a lot of customers that had that international expansion plan, let's say in March, all of a sudden they stopped short and said, wait a minute, I have to reassess and wait and see a little bit and understand what's happening. Because now that we've been dealing with the pandemic for nine months, it's second nature. We're, used, we're, we're seeing it in the news every single day on the newspaper, on our laptops, you know, in every way, shape and form. But what then transpired after that initial shock was, okay, what are we going to do and how are we going to deal with it? So our company continued on course. We, as I mentioned, we hired in Europe, we hired in Asia, we opened up offices, we opened up a presence in Galway, Ireland, we hired people in the UK around the world and did not stop. Our customer, um, forecast, you know, for net new customers went down in April, but all of a sudden in May, we started to see that shift and go back up. And in June, we had a tremendous um, June and continued through to this point, you know, things and business have never been stronger, which is very interesting because people started to get used to the fact that, okay, the world has changed. How we're doing business has changed. Maybe our goals have changed. Maybe they've modified. But the big thing that's happened is the, of course, remote workforce. Everyone said, okay, we can work remotely. CEOs that always thought, I, I have to have people in the office five days a week, are suddenly realizing, well, my employees, the people, the most important asset, actually can do quite well at home. Challenges, sure. I mean, there are dogs that are barking. We may hear one from my neighbors any minute. Um, there are children that are running into the room. There's spouses that are walking by and forgetting that you're on video, whatever, or significant others, whatever it happens to be, but people have adapted. And what really has happened in 2020, in, for the most part, is that people have really actually become more productive. They've learned to adapt and work in it and actually liked it. Now, there are some that it's very difficult. They have three or four children. They have homeschooling going on. It's, it's a challenge. Or they work in a very small environment and don't have the room to also have an office. But people, for the most part, have adapted. And we've seen productivity actually go up. Now, there's lots of things you have to do to support that. Uh, for instance, you, you really need to have a lot more touch, a lot more communication, a lot more meetings together, a lot more one-on-ones 
we hired recently a um, culture VP or not a VP, a culture person in our company who really works to make sure that we're staying connected. And, and for the first time, we're able to connect our entire world. So with over 300 and some odd people across the world, we're actually able to get on Zoom calls and see each other and be connected. And so that 2020 has produced a new kind of normal, a, a new kind of remote working. And what that's done for our customers is very similar. What we've done to help them and what they've realized through being able to do things remotely is now I can hire anyone in the world and have them be right there with me, just like you and I are, Doug, on this Zoom call. They're right there with me. Um, it's, they're not 2,000 miles away. They're not within my 50-mile radius. Now, all of a sudden, I can hire the best talent anywhere in the world. And I can set up my development if it so happens, let's say in Poland instead of in the US. Um, I can hire a support group in Malaysia instead of having them in the US. Um, whatever the countries are, now the whole world is open to people. And all of a sudden, we're starting to see, and we see this through our business, that the companies that are coming to us are saying, wow, I'd like to hire someone in Germany. I'd like to hire someone in Singapore. I'd like to go to Japan. I'd like to go to Australia. My product plays in all those places and my international expansion can actually happen quickly. And I don't have to set up a subsidiary, which these days because of air travel restrictions, these days because of getting to a bank and setting up a bank account and the presence in the country takes a much longer time. I can do that through you. So all of a sudden it's opened up a whole new sort of avenue of business that heretofore was, yes, international expansion, but now it's mobility and international expansion. It's the ability to work anywhere. It's the ability to set up any kind of group anywhere in the world. <clears throat> so I see that trend of now 2020 continuing in 2021. The funny thing will be with 2021, once we have the vaccine and we're putting this pandemic behind us, will we return to pre-pandemic behaviors? And the answer to that, my little crystal ball, will be absolutely not. We will not return to that. We will return to a new way of working. We have now CEOs and senior managers, myself included, um, that say we we are we've been successful we've achieved our goals and and really exceeded our goals doing what we're doing today so a blend of what it used to be and today to me will be where we'll be in a let's say a year from now when everyone's inoculated and we've wiped out this terrorizing pandemic that we have so that's a very long-winded answer to your question Doug. <laughs> You're on mute. Sorry, Doug. You're on mute. It's a great. It's a great answer, and it's and it's one that's um, is hopeful. I, we were you and I were talking before we started here, and I was talking about a, an event we did last week, and I was reminiscing about when I started my career way before yours, uh, 35 years ago. International meant a teletype that that made the world feel like it was a forever away. And you yeah. had to get on this plane and all this rigmarole to go there and go through all of these things. And fast forward to, to five years ago, 
I was thinking, you know, gee, you know, people still, even with all the technology, we're, we're wasting so much time in airports and hotel bills and just nonsense. Why, why can't we just get on the phone or, you know, just connect up with people? And, and suddenly, and I think what you're saying is the pandemic is, has forced people into the corner of doing that. And what they found, what we've all found is that it can work. Lo and right. behold, so you're you're hope, very hopeful. Uh, uh, future pro prognostication is that you know we're not going to go back to the old way, or at least most of us won't. And this is actually, uh, in in some context, a, a hopeful thing that we've created here and a positive thing. Yes, yes. I mean, uh, we're human beings. We're very adaptable. I think that we understand what needs to happen. We're smart people. We can put things together and we can say, okay, how do we continue to co conduct business? And of course, there's quite a few industries that have suffered and it will take a long time for them to get back. Obviously, the travel, as you just pointed out, and the entertainment, um, it, is, it is sad, you know, to see those industries experiencing what they're experiencing. So we do want that to come back. And as far as being able to travel again, you know, to me, I've been in sales my whole life, as long as you, Doug. So, you know, we're, we're uh, probably on that same trajectory of life. And there is nothing that does replace that face-to-face, -face, purely face-to-face, -face, you know, breaking bread, having dinner, meeting with your team, having that human connection. I would say that's the hardest thing that, that we've all lost. Um, but at the same time, we probably did too much of it and we weren't always being judicious with our time and realizing that you can get a lot more accomplished doing a lot more of this and supplementing it in the future with face-to-face. -face. I also think some of the things that we've done in our company that's really made a difference is we have the Slack tool, which um, allows us to have instantaneous conversations and be able to communicate sometimes too much, uh, but, it's, but it's good and people like it. We have something that we've started called the Moth, which is um, a form of storytelling. It's fantastic. We get on a call for an hour and we have um, people that wanna share stories, share, and you learn a lot about people, but you're also exposing our humanness, which uh, again, lends itself to because you're not physically together and having coffee together or whatever, um, you're at least exposing who you are as a human and as a person and something a little bit beyond the work person, which has been very enlightening for a lot of us. And a lot of the stories have brought us to tears and a lot of the stories have brought, you know, pure, complete laughter. You know, that's a good thing. We do a lot of wellness type of um, webinars and, and things like that, that help people to just stay together, stay healthy, make sure that things are okay. And I think that as leaders, it's really important for us to stay on top of um, mental health as well. You know, that's one of the things that um, for us, we don't always know what we don't know. And so we need to keep that communication. We need to make sure we're in front of the people. We need to say, hey, how are you today? Tell me about your day. Tell me about, so being able to not just talk about in my world, right? You know, how many orders are you going to bring in today? Or what's the latest marketing piece that you've developed? 
Um, it's more about the person. So I, I think you can see people, you can be in the office, of course, you, you never really know, but being able to have that deeper conversation, I think is important. And I just saw a chat come up on the moth. The moth is a, I'm not sure where it came from, but it's a form of storytelling. And it's something that we use across the entire company. So the entire company is open to uh, att attending. And then anybody that would like to tell their story, they, they nominate themselves and tell their story. And it can be anything, you know, it can be, I did a couple myself and I did one about a lost ring, which is kind of a funny story, which I'm not gonna tell on this. And um, I did another one on saving lives, you know, in, in different various parts of the world. But we had uh, one person who told us about nearly losing their life in a um, boating situation that they were in, things like that, um, different stories about family and children and all of those kind of things. So it just brings that human touch and, and it's really important. And our CEO, many of these types of things start at the top. Our CEO is renowned for people and making sure that people are at the essence of everything that we do. So our employees, our customers, and our shareholders. You know, it's a triple bottom line as Nicole calls it. It's cool. <laughs> I, I, I love those ideas. I wrote down wellness and the personal touch and using technology and, and you found a way to use all of those to, to to supplement and really do better, it seems like than than before. How does how does a company that uh, may not have the resources? So one of the questions that came in from Christopher, thanks, Chris, uh, came in around small companies. They don't have the resources necessarily to do a lot of this uh, activity, or maybe they do and they just don't have access to being able to do it. Because some of the things, the way you've explained it, it sounds very simple and easy, but they may not have discovered yet. What are, what's your own experience with dealing with some, maybe some of the smaller companies without the resources? And, and how do we get them to utilize some of these techniques to be to be more successful, or at least that's the where my brain goes. I mean, it's not it's not a function of size of company. It can be a company of five all the way to five hundred thousand. I mean, it really doesn't matter. You can break it down whether it's a massive company or a small company, and all these tools are available. I mean, we live on Zoom. I mean, Zoom is our best friend. Uh, we we I'm on Zoom practically from four or 5 a.m. in the morning until six at night. And um, every, every single hour is filled with conversations and being in touch with either customers, being in touch with prospects, being in touch with our employees, having joint meetings about different things that we're trying to accomplish. Right now, of course, in December, you've got the, uh, the hiatus of, of trying to close the year and the holidays, and oh, by the way, we have to plan for 2021. So there's just all, and we have to do employee reviews and all those types of things. And we're doing it all over Zoom for the most part. We're doing all of the things that we're talking about um, is very important to do um, on Zoom. So there's, yes, you're, you're losing, again, you're losing that touch. You know, I, I can't touch you right here next to me, but you're at least communicating via Zoom. We have a requirement, and we had it before pandemic, 
that when we did Zoom calls, when we did team meetings, it was video on. And, and it's funny because there's so many companies that I talk to where video is off. Well, that's a missed opportunity. So something like even Moth in a small company, you could have one person tell a story, you know, maybe once every three or four weeks um, of the four or five people in that company, you could do the Moth, you know, like I said, once a month. We do virtual coffee hours. We do virtual cocktail hours. Um, I meet with, I, like I called it a coffee hour with our folks that work for me in India. It was eight o'clock their time and 8 a.m. my time. So I'm drinking coffee. They're drinking coffee too. But I called it, you know, coffee with Diane. So, you know, things like that, that really um, endear you to that team. I like small team meetings. So I have about 100 and 11 people that work for me, give or take one or two. And, you know, I'll have small team meetings with different folks and I'll have big team. Like every Monday we do a sales and marketing call. And with the exception of India and Singapore and sometimes Singapore, everyone else is on the call. There's 85 people. And we tell them everything that we've done for the past week. So we're communicating constantly to uh, keep everyone included. And, and I'm looking on that video and seeing who's, Who's showing their face? Who isn't? Come on, guys. You know, this is video time, not hiding time, because we want to see people's reaction. We want to see that they're okay. You know, there's, there's all those subtle things that are part of it as well. So it doesn't matter what size company you are. Bottom line. The, One the, of the going back to the moth idea, okay. thank you, Leilani yeah. or May. Yeah, the I just going back to the moth with uh, I think either Leilani or Meg or someone at ComGap was asking is I was just looking at the moth.org. So I wasn't familiar with that, but it looks like that's something that you've borrowed or you're using uh, kind of the basic idea and you're saying really anybody can do that. Right. Right. It's just, we call it the moth. Um, we, we're not part of the org. Well, maybe we are. I, I actually would have to defer to HR on that if we contribute or anything like that. But it's not, it's not sanctioned by anyone. It's just, we call it the GP moth. And, and we do that, as I mentioned, every few months. Um, and again, we have uh, so many communications. We do a download every single well, it used to be every week. Now we've changed it to every three to four weeks where we record a little update of all the different departments. It's about a 14 minute um, audio and it's delivered to everyone. And it basically is a departmental sort of, here's the reader's digest of all the different departments. And then in addition, we add introductions of new people that have come on board. So we might do one or two people who tell, the, tell us about themselves. And so that way people that are new, they are now being exposed and people with Slack will say, hey, I wanna have coffee with you. And so they, they schedule a five or 10 minute conversation just to meet that person. Um, that's a great thing that we do. We do a um, all hands meeting once a month that Nicole chairs, but each department discusses again, you know, what are all the things that we've accomplished in that month? You can imagine with a company like us, we're global. We have people all over the world. Most of our growth this year of those 135 people that have come on board 
I would say, I forgot what the exact statistic is, but I think 80% of them are outside the US. So we really want to stay connected with that whole group. So when we do the all hands meetings, we do one at 8 a.m. to really help um, the Asia market and Asia people. And then we do one at 12 or 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to take care of all of the US as well as Europe. So we, again, we're over communicating and doing a lot of communicating, but again, that keeps us really close together with the whole team. So again, these, these types of ideas um, are ones that I think will prevail in, are in 2020, were there in some way, shape or form in 2019, let's say, but I, they will prevail, prevail for sure in 2021. No question about it, so. It almost Just sounds like you're having more fun now than, <laughs> than you did before, which is, is exciting. It relates a little bit to the question from Katie Keith of Equals Money and out of Global Chamber uh, London uh, regarding international uh, hires. You know, one of the things that many of us in the global tribe have always, you know, we've been attracted to international companies because it means international travel and international opportunities. And to some degree, we're saying that's diminished, at least the travel piece of it. So does this impact hiring um, above and beyond the fact that you talked about earlier about you can pretty much hire people from any location, right? To be able to, to work in London or to work in anywhere. So what are, what are some of the implications on the hiring side? So for us, you know, of the 135, we probably only met a, a handful of those people in person. Everyone else was hired virtually. So just, just from a pure hiring standpoint, the face-to-face wasn't necessary because Zoom works perfectly well as well as all the other communication vehicles. Um, I think in answering your question, has international travel gone away or has that diminished uh, being able to hire internationally? Not at all, not at all. I mean, our whole marketing team and sales team that we hired in Galway were all done without ever meeting them. Again, because it was um, after the pandemic with all the travel restrictions Similarly, in Singapore with starting that office, they've been able to meet, but none of us have been able to meet the people that we hired in Asia. So the GM that we hired that works for me in Asia, I, I've never physically met him, but I've met him on Zoom so much, I feel as though he could be sitting in my living room. Um, I do expect international travel to come back. I personally love to travel. It's um, one of the things I love for leisure as well as for business. And it's been in my blood ever since I was young. So I know it'll come back and I do miss meeting with our partners, certain big customers. Most of our customer work is done over the internet. You know, it's not something, it's a inside sales model as opposed to a face-to-face. -face. Though that said, outside the US, most of the business, a lot of people do like to meet face-to-face. -face. Certainly partner, our partner ecosystem, we have over 60 partners. They're typically ones that we would meet with. We would have all kinds of different functions with, uh, of course, trade shows and individual partner type of um, events and things like that, that we've done. They're going to their sales meetings, being the speaker at their sales meetings. These are the common things that we would normally do that right now we're doing virtually, but that will come back. 
So we, we will be going back to the rat race somewhat of, uh, you know, being on the planes, trains and automobiles, being in the hotel rooms, and we'll all be excited once that starts happening. But I think the difference is that we will be more judicious with our time. We won't just say, yes, I'm going to rush off and just, you know, run to France and to Paris for that, you know, one meeting. Let's look at, is that the best use of my time? Or can I couple a few things together in order to, to go there? Because I think we've all appreciated, actually, how much more productive we've been doing things this way. I take off right now three hours of car time commuting to an office in Boston by working from my home office. And so what has that afforded me? Well, definitely more work because I've been able to get a lot more accomplished. But also some of the meetings that I have, I'll do while I'm taking a run or a walk. So, you know, there's the ability to be able to do that where heretofore I would have been in an office at that point. So there's a lot of silver linings. Travel won't go away, travel will come back, but it will be done, I think, in a little bit of a different way than it used to be. Also, I think employers will be more open to people not being in the office five days a week and being able to be a little more customized to the job function and to what needs to get accomplished in an office versus not. So we, we will see those trends change. There's no doubt about it. That, that is 100% here to stay a change. So. Oh, that's good. It sounds like too that you're, you're learning from your clients and but you're also giving back different ideas so that they can be more successful uh, going forward, which is really exciting. It's, it's also good to hear that hopefully we'll be learning from all this and adopting best best practices. In our closing moments, you know, what does that then foretell for the future? It sounds like what you're saying is you know that there's um, uh, quite a bit of good news that's going to be coming out of this. Um, and we'll be a lot more productive going forward. We've, we've gone through a lot. Tell, tell us a little bit more about that and then just make any other closing comments that you have. Sure. Well, one of the big things is that I've found that um, a lot of our customers have, the important thing is, is, is not to be fearful and to still maintain as best you can the plans that you have for expansion but know that there's different ways to accomplish that expansion, being able to, again, hire anywhere in the world. Using GP as an EOR platform helps to make that happen and happen very quickly. Um, I think that's an important piece. Interestingly enough, with the H-1B visa restriction that went on for a bit and still going on right now in the U.S., the companies that expected to hire people outside the U.S. weren't able to bring them into the U.S. So we were able to help those companies to still hire those people in not every circumstance, it depended on the job, in their home countries for as long as it takes to get that visa in order for them to be able to come into the country, for instance. Um, I see, like I said before, I do see the landscape changing as far as how people get their work done, what they do, how they adjust. Um, I do see that changing quite a bit. I think that as far as I'm concerned, I think this will bring the world together more quickly. Uh, people being able to have a lot more meetings and meeting people this way, Doug, than 
having to, uh, again, physically go meet with people. This has opened up the world to us. I, I've met thousands of people this year that maybe I wouldn't have met otherwise with, without this you know, type of um, media that we have, which is Zoom, <laughs> essentially, or some of the other tools that are out there besides Zoom, not to be you know, just talking about Zoom. Um, I think that, again, I think that the businesses that will thrive will, will not resist, will not hold back, that will continue on their growth plans, whatever they may be. Because I think it's important to say we, we want to get back to normal and being back to normal is not, not making those restrictions on yourself and on your company, being able to be a little bit bold, taking a little bit of risk and uh, keep going. So I think, I think in a nutshell, that's, that's probably the biggest messages that I'd like to get out there. But I'm also open to any questions, Doug, if, if you have any or if any of the folks that are in, in attendance have any well, questions. That sounds, that sounds good. What I suggest, we're going to wrap up now. And what uh, if you've got questions for Diane, please send them to info at globalchamber.org. And what we're going to do is we'll have this up as a podcast and we'll also have a blog post with any additional information. Uh, that that she shares, and if any of you would like to get a hold of Diane, you know, there's always LinkedIn, of course. That's but, right. But there's, but there's also info at globalchamber.org if you um, if if you have any trouble getting connected, and I'm happy to connect any of our members, of course, to to Diane. Diane, thank you so much. This has been a very hopeful, positive conversation. Wasn't sure where it was going to go in terms of thinking about the future, but. Your, your vision is, is, is a great one and, and admire it so much. Keep up the great work. We really appreciate you taking your time today and providing your insights. Thank you, Doug. And also thank you to everyone that has in the chat thanked us. Um, we appreciate that too. So take care and uh, happy holidays to everyone. Thank you. Happy holidays. Take care. Bye-bye.